Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, A.L. Newton, and you're tuned in to another episode of A New Perspective. I'm so glad that you started your week off with, you started your week off or found some time uh, in your week to listen to the old perspective, and I anticipate a good one tonight. On with us tonight, joining the perspective is the host of the Unapologetically Asia podcast, Ms. Asia Warren. Asia, tell the people hello. Hey, y'all. I'm so glad to be on. We finna get into some things tonight, okay? We we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about, but before you, we get into it, tell the people about yourself. Tell the people who you are. Tell the people why your perspective matters to us. Okay. Um, I am almost 30, not quite. Uh, <laughs> U.S. Army veteran. Um, I have my own podcast. I'm very pro-Black. I'm very pro-women. Um, I'm very, like, I'm pretty much pro just about everything. I have a very strong opinion. Um, yeah, like, that's that's who I am. I'm very down-to-earth, very humble. I'm not judgmental at all, but I do have things to say, and I think that it's good to be in a generation where women can be vocal and have these conversations with men about whatever it is we want to talk about and not get burned at the stake. <laughs> All right. Well, let's try not to get burned at the stake. But since you said that, very pro-Black, very pro-women, let's start here. Uh, oh. <laughs> the, the voice of reason himself, Mr. Kevin Samuels. Okay. So Kevin is, for those of you who don't know Kevin, uh, Kevin has risen to prominence by um, being, what does he call them, um, uh, 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 power men or men of something, whatever they are. And women and men call in and ask for his opinion. And Kevin can be blunt. Is blunt the right word? Mm, I'm going to let you finish and then... <laughs> you know what i'm about to say sometimes kevin says stuff that uh kevin says stuff that every man's chauvinistic side can agree with <clears throat> um he i don't know i've never checked his net worth but he he talks like a man who has money who feels like uh sometimes women are I don't know what Kevin is saying, and I'm going to get myself in trouble with some of my male followers that believe in the opinion of Kevin, because uh, I'm not going to defend him as hard. But what what is your opinion on Kevin? And, and more so, after people hear what Kevin have to say, why do women keep calling Kevin? So for me, I, so Kevin Samuels, in my opinion, is in competition with women. And <laughs> so first off, let me say, I love the LGBT community, okay? Kevin Samuels though is undercover. And I think that his issue with women is that he wants all the men to himself. So I get it. <laughs> he does. Nobody can tell me that this man does not want other men to himself. Cause he's like, I understand being critical of like you, we have to hold each other accountable as black women, black men. We do have to hold each other accountable because sometimes we let things slide within our community that we shouldn't. I understand having standards. I understand 
being like, okay, you can't have 17 kids and then be like, oh, I want a man who got, you know, no kids. Or you can't be a seven-time divorcee and then be like, oh, I want a woman who's never been touched, a virgin or anything like that. But at the same time, it's a way that you deliver it. And then you also have to think everybody's preference is different. So I think on one of his episodes, he was like, oh, you're a woman that's over 200 pounds. Like you a linebacker. Ain't no man gonna want you. But me being what I feel like is a plus size woman, I don't think I'm huge. Like I definitely ain't no linebacker. But men still you know clap these cheeks okay and I'm not getting no complaints like I'm not getting no complaints in the male department I never heard a man be like no I couldn't see myself dating you because you such and such size like big women get they cheeks clapped small women it's preference but he was on here dogging this woman like how could you want a good quality man and I'm like sir it's men who make six figures out here that be outside the gym with boxes of donuts like baby you don't need to lose a pound okay so, so <laughs> like you warned me but you ain't warned me we're gonna be talking about cleat uh uh, uh cheek clapping five minutes in people getting their cleat they, they cheeks clap um oh no no it's cool okay but it's preference right if, yes. if there is preference and Kevin does make I don't want to seem chauvinistic uh I, I make supportive women sometimes Kevin makes some points I, sometimes so, yes he does. and not about the specific individual but about the situation yes and I think he's an example of people sometimes have can have a decent message but their delivery is horrible Right. I think sometime when you're in a plan, he was talking to one woman and uh, she was a business owner and had kids. And he's like, oh, you're a five and you're this and you're that. And I'm like, OK, but that that doesn't matter to somebody. Right. right. And I think that his sometimes it's realistic, like you can't tell a woman, oh, if you're successful and you you're 38 years old and you don't have kids already or you know you you're focused on working no man's gonna want you that's not true because I know plenty of women who like I work with that are in the military who decided to further their military career rather than have children and they're married or I know you know myself I didn't plan to be um, a single mother I got divorced things just happen but I don't think that that qualifies me for a low value man because at the end of the day, I know what I bring to the table. So I don't think like a man coming in being like, oh, you're a single mother, you got a kid, like you've been deflowered, you're not worthy. And I think that sometimes the way he puts those things, like you have to look at situations, you can't base everything off of one situation. Like I understand, you know, a successful man isn't going to come into the projects or he shouldn't have into the projects and scoop up a woman who has wasted her life away you know partying and acting crazy and having all these babies and now when she's struggling she want a man to come and save her I understand that but then there's women out here who work there's women out here who um are great mothers like it's just different situations and I don't think that's what Kevin Samuels takes in consideration that 
everybody's situation is different. I can't talk to a woman or a man and tell them what they do or don't deserve as a whole or as a group based off of one small part. I can't tell a man who has um, several baby mamas, like you don't deserve a woman because I don't know his situation with several, you know, those several women. And I think he comes off a little judgmental and especially harsh on women because that man wants what we want. And so he over here deterring men from dating women no matter what because he over here like y'all fellas come get me like y'all cannot tell me y'all don't know this this man is a little um sweet he i won't say sweet because i don't know and if he is this this podcast is a supporter and you know i like a i'm overdue for a manicure and i like pedicure every now and again um but I will say, Kevin, like just me personally and, and my friends, they have, they have diagnosed why, but most of the women I ever dated or were interested in were single moms. I, I like the little, you know, the stretch marks and, uh, and the, I can do it on my own and the independence. And <laughs> this, is, this is going to sound bad, but like if you had a kid, there was no, one of my biggest fears of if I were to go if I if my wife left me to figure it out and I, after I drowned in my own tears and got up that she left me in the wilderness, my biggest fear would be dating a woman that used to be a man. <laughs> and so like having a baby is like a sign. Oh my God. <laughs> that boom. Um, but my friend says, because I, I, I see myself in the kid and I'm just trying to raise myself, but I don't think that that was what it was. But speaking of Kevin Samuels, so here, I saw a tweet this week that piqued my interest and in talking about women and what women want and, and how it goes. And I talked to single male and single female friends, married friends who just thought everything was going to automatically change when it comes to wifey roles versus girlfriend roles. And the tweet essentially said there are women. And like when I read the tweet, I, I thought my face, like this face instantly popped up in my head of somebody I used to, um, talk to there are women that won't cook for a man because those are wifey duties but will do every nasty little thing she can to him in the bedroom and i, I to me that's like that's backwards that those those things are flipped what 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 is the difference in a wife you having been a wife being divorced being back in the single world what's the difference in, in wifey duties and girlfriend duties um don't take advice from me because as <laughs> as pro-feminist or as pro-feminine uh, as I am or you know like be independent do your thing when it comes to being behind closed doors and being with the guy that I'm with my man I'm I'm a sap y'all I be cooking cleaning rubbing feet running bath water and this is dating I feel like you should come into a relationship starting how you want to finish I that's my thought process I see where women are coming from the whole why buy the cow if you get the milk for free but I also know that things have changed back then you know when our ancestors grandmothers great-grandmothers were stalling out 
they were still living at home with their parents and they probably weren't having sex or if they were, they were sneaking and doing it. But now we're a little bit more all out loud. So yeah, I feel like if I'm over here and we laid up and you, you know, handcuffing me and, you know, got me suspended in the air or flipped over, like, I, I don't see the difference in going and making you, you know, some meatloaf afterwards or some collard greens or, you know, us doing things for each other. I think the issue is, though, women jump in and do these things and then they sometimes don't get it back in return. And I think that's because women don't know what men of this generation want because we get a lot of like okay we want y'all to work we want y'all to split bills too we want y'all to do this we want y'all to do this but then we also get the we want y'all to still be in the 60s we want y'all to cook clean take care of the kids so women don't know what it is men want and then at the same time I don't think a lot, I'm not saying all, because I know men be getting mad as hell, like that ain't me. No, I'm not saying all, but a lot of men don't know how to cater and reciprocate with women. And I had to have that conversation with a guy I was dating because I was over here like anything he wanted, because I feel like when you're in a relationship, the happier you make your partner or your spouse, the happier in return they'll make you. So I'm over here doing all these things and he's like missing the mark he ain't doing nothing. So I had to sit him down like, okay, I'm doing this, 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 this. Uh, you need to do something. But he wasn't realizing that because he was never taught that you got to reciprocate. So women are thinking, if I hold out, this man is going to go all out for me. But no, he just, you know, going to move on to somebody that does it, honestly. Like, it's always going to be a woman out there that cooks, cleans, caters, because it's just women out there like that. And that's fine. You know, sometimes I wish I, I had the gift of saying the things Thez would say, because I could hear every rebuttal he would make to that argument. But I ain't going to say it because I, I ain't Thez. Um, let let me try to clean it up. Thez uh, is not a romantic man, okay? Or But people be doing my dog like that. My dog is a romantic man, okay? My dog puts in the effort and does the things for the woman that he feels is worth it. And so when people say he's not romantic, and see, this is where I think we get it flipped because you're not supposed to do all these things for all these people. There are women I have dated that... <laughs> there are women that I were dated that I would date that I would look back and say, God, I was horrible. And there were women that I dated that I would do every little thing for. Um, there, there were, there were, and and that was the difference in ultimately the person I married was I, I didn't feel like turning the owner off. So men do, and they express what they want. And I think men get a bad rap now because it's oh, well, women don't know what men want from now. Then. No, I think men are very clear on what they want. I think the problem comes in where is is product advertisement and product placement okay and and i'm not i'm saying this as somebody who isn't hasn't been single for damn near decade now but if i was a man trying to figure it out now it would piss me off and i guess i could go back to my single days too you can't be in the club when well, I'm a single day because it's someone in the, in the single days you can't be in the club sitting there singing wop oh i'm this i'm that i'm this i'm that and then we go to Rochambeau and it's, I just want to lay here and be missionary. 
Okay, you can't say, oh, I want to live a lavish life and I want to go off and I want to do stuff. And the moment I say, okay, take this weekend off, you can't because you got to do this, that, and the third. Right? You, you how you how you start, like you said, how you start is how you finish it. And a lot of times it's like false advertisement. That's why when when people get into O'Hare oh, and makeup and what people are wearing and how you're dressing, in my opinion, if you start off, you should grow and you develop and you change, but. <laughs> If you're going to show me that our first six, seven months of being together, you're going to wear, be done up every damn day, then don't show up on the eighth month and not be done up. And the reason is, oh, I'm just not done up no more. So women got to wear some of that because some of that is false advertisement on this is what you're purchasing. Yes. And so for speaking as a woman, one, we do get complacent, but it is exhausting being a woman it is exhausting being a woman because you're over here you gotta be a freak you gotta get your hair done and I don't care men love like especially these days men love to say oh I don't care you know I don't care if you have natural hair you wear a weave I don't care if you wear makeup for some men true but for a lot of men women are confused because you will say that and then woman crush Wednesday will be Amber Rose or like Nicki Minaj. But that's the reason she that's the reason she's a crush. That's not because I the expectation of that's not the expectation of your that man's woman. Like if I was waiting around for Beyonce to really come and be for me, I'd still be single because that's Jay-Z's wife. So to make that comparison is unfair to the woman and, and it's unfair to the man as well. And even to think that, hey, this is what men think or this is what men want. I was talking to some buddies and uh, we, were, we were having a conversation about basketball and they were saying, oh, LeBron James doesn't love basketball anymore. And I was like, well, no, you can't say that. When he started, he didn't have kids. Him and Savannah were dating. Now he's married. Now he's got a business. Now he got that. Well, no, he doesn't love basketball anymore. What you're saying is he loves everything more. And I was like, no, it's like sex. When you get married, before you get married, sex is like it. That's what you want. When you get married, you realize you might not want sex every night. And it don't just be the women that feel that way. That mean you don't love sex every night. It doesn't mean you don't love sex anymore. It just means that, hey, this is not on the top of the priority list. And I think with the, the gender stereotype of men don't express what they want isn't the case. I think that men say exactly what they want. But sometimes what we want is so simple that women will convolute it to being, oh, it just can't be that simple. It just can't be that simple. So it's got to be more. He's not telling me what you mean. You can't really get enjoyment from sitting there and playing the game all day and not looking at me when I want you to talk to me. Maybe that's what I get enjoyment from. And we don't get the benefit of the doubt of just one. There's now more bashing of hanging with your homeboys than anything in the world all these oh this is what y'all be doing with y'all homeboys this is what y'all be out doing y'all be y'all be in love with y'all homeboys yeah i love my homeboys it ain't, ain't nothing uh nefarious or anything like that i just like to be around them and not around you all the time but now it's demonic or demonstrative all the things that men can't do every day there's something that a man can't do hell we can't go because listen so as far as the homeboy thing y'all are so friendly like so frustrating with the homeboy thing because I so when I look back at some of the guys I've dated I've been like damn like he's loved another man 10 times more than he's loved me like I have seen like went out on a date night with a guy and he done wore like some Nike shorts you know some 
some forces and a white tee. Time to go out with his homeboys. He done pulled out the polo. He done sprayed on cologne. He done put on the freshest jeans and he's ready to go. You tell him you want to go out on a date. You want to do something special. I'm tired. I've been working all week. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. When it's time to go with the boys, y'all be out of there so quick, so fresh, so done up, so hyper, so energetic like it blows me or even like the comments like it was one guy and this is what killed me about this guy he was so anti-lgbt like to the extreme and we worked together but he would be buddied up with his homeboy all day every day like so into his homeboy and then he posted a status he would post statuses on Facebook like oh bros before hoes and yeah I, I'm more loyal to my homeboy than I am to my girl because my homeboy always gonna be there like so to me I'm thinking like then why you don't date him like why are you over here laid up with us if you value your homeboy more than us like because that because what what your homeboy offers you is, is different like that's so different and so different. I know it's like be like, damn, I got to go put on clothes. And then the boys say we're gonna do something. I'll be like, damn, I gotta go put on clothes. Cause I we are getting it's it's a friendly competition with each other. It's a friendly of you don't want to be the worst dressed in the group. There's a friendly of if we going out four or five, six of us, and it might be another four or five, six, even though we're not gonna get in a fight or a physical altercation or anything like that. It's the fact that know that we are the freshest thing walking in. It's the it's the fact that knowing that. We are the attention grabbers, even if we don't want it. It's a, hey, we still got it if we don't. And in the same token, getting fresh with the homeboys, they might roast you if you don't look right. But it's it's a different level of, hey, you don't look right. Whereas women, I, my wife would like look at me four times and say, oh, you don't match. My homeboys go, bro, you don't match. Da, 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 slight little clown. So that that's totally, it's a totally different conversation set. I can go out with my homeboys. This is no lie. We can put on mute. My white friends, my black friends, my preacher friends, my white black preacher friends, my professional friends, any subset of friends I've had. I, I can list off what I would consider my five or six closest friends. All of us can hop in the car, put on some music, blast it all the way up, and not say a word, and then get back to the house and be like, that was the greatest time ever, boy. We, we just hung out. We drank good and hung out. You can't do that with nothing. <laughs> you got nothing to talk about? You ain't got no, I don't got nothing to say to that. I really don't. I don't ask you how your day was 12 times. And then when you do that with a woman, it's, oh, you rejected me. You didn't want me. You weren't talking to me. You weren't communicating. You were bad communicating. Maybe I just ain't got nothing to communicate today. But we want that. Women are communicators. We want communication. When I'm sitting with my boo like i i want you to talk to me i want to know everything i want to have deep discussions you ain't got nothing to talk about work okay i want to talk about the universe maybe he don't <laughs> want to talk about the universe maybe he don't understand that the aries moon and the secretary's son and, and i wonder what is all it is <laughs> and that's what's frustrating because i want you to talk to me like when you know who you talk to that you know who you talk to that your home girls that's what our homeboys i don't respect I don't I don't know what it is because I will go out with my girlfriends and I'll have fun. I'm the guy that, so I've been on and off involved with the same guy for three years. We met in Korea. I would literally go out to the club and if he texts me and's like, 
I want you to like, are you coming? Where you at? Like before he make it back to his place, I'm already there like, open up the door. And I don't know why, but we just like to be up under our men. Like we could start girls night at eight o'clock. If at 8.05, my man wants to be laid up with me, I'm leaving at 8.05. You don't have a ride. Sorry, sis. I'm going to need you to Uber. Lift something. I don't know why, but we like to be up on our men. I will leave a night of having fun with my girls. Like, I love y'all to just go lay up up under my man and play Uno. I don't know why. So Never. I want you to have that same energy with me. Like, I want you to like ah asia texted me she said you know she said she she want me to come lay up with her and i want you to come lay up and watch family guy and bob's burgers with me all night in my bonnet in a big t-shirt you listen to the perspective everybody that knows me knows i hate bonnets so we ain't got to bring up bonnets i wish every bonnet dissolved (laughs) off the earth with thanos's snap okay (laughs) i hate the bonnets but nevertheless dot 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 Men do that too. I, every Wednesday, I go over to my buddy's house while they record their podcast every single Wednesday. My wife knows every single Wednesday, unless I'm working, I'm going to be at Joseph's house. And every single Wednesday, she know, she's learned. But see, this is where relationships grow. Even when she texts me, she wait till it's been about four or five hours. And then she asks, hey, you, what, what time are you going to be home? That, that's different than, oh, I miss you. Come home right now. You got to be willing to give that space. And some of y'all don't want to get, some of y'all don't want to get that space because in the back of your mind, you're thinking the absolute worst can be happening. Y'all think the absolute worst happens when you hang with your homeboy. That's the problem. I will give you that. Even if you take a nap or like, my dude loves to be like, okay, I'm just sitting at home. Like I, I I'm just at home playing the game, but to, in my mind, like there's no way you just sitting at home playing the game and you don't want to be bothered with me. Like, why can I not come over? Why can't I be up under you right now? That's my thought process. Like, so it gotta be somebody there. You no, gotta be- it, it, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't. I, as much as I'm on my phone, because I am on my phone a lot, according to my iPhone, if I put my phone down and just play the game for a few hours and don't check any, I said good morning. I said, you know what, man? You can find my location real quick. Y'all got to let that go. And that's on y'all. And that is the difference in creating these narratives and these spaces in your head that cultivate the crafts. Because now I've cultivated all these situations and created all these situations in my mind. That if it slightly looks like what I made in my mind, it's a fight. Or or um, even for a man, you starting to display this all the time. Hell, I might as well do it. You say it all the time. You keep telling me on this, that, and the third. I might as well do it. And when I when when most men, most men I know, even the ones who cheat, although they can't be black men because black men don't cheat. No, yes, they do. I- <laughs> but, continue because i got a story to tell y'all that's about to be like what what you mean black black men don't cheat okay i never met a black man cheat okay black men don't cheat so um y'all make all these narratives in your mind it all oh, i'm sorry all my homeboys none of them even the ones that cheated started off with hey i'm gonna cheat 
every one of them started off having them do the right thing. Even when they saw the finest thing hop in their inbox or the finest thing in their it was, hey, I'm about to be faithful. It wasn't until, and it might sound bad, and I might be lying on all of them, it wasn't until the one that wasn't honoring the fact that they're not doing anything start questioning it. They were like, well, hell, I might as well. You're stressing me out anyway. If you're going to stress me out, I, always, I might as well have some place to, for relief. And then if I get caught, well, hell, I was relieving myself. Send, send him a fruit basket or something like send him a, a nice gift basket because he is going so hard for y'all to the point where I'm hearing delusion out of this man's mouth. Men cheat so much and they lie about it and they're terrible liars. Like I, I'm going to tell y'all this story. This was like Time out. Perspective. I wish you all could see that my mouth is fully gaped because I don't know a single cheater. Maybe I don't know a single cheater because you're single until you're married. Maybe that's why I don't know. And none of my married friends cheat. So there it is. Boom. Years ago, this guy had pressed me for the longest time to take me on a date. And something about me, something about him told me he was shady. So I was, I worked with his best friend and um, I had everybody over the whole office. He came, I cooked. His um, baby mama called. He stepped outside to talk to her, came back inside. She was still on the phone. She heard us on the background. So, you know, he kept asking me on a date, like, why you won't give me a chance? I'm such a nice guy, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, fine, okay, we can go on a date. So then we spent a whole weekend together like the first the Friday night I think we went to go see Get Out then like after we went to go see Get Out we went to like Denny's no we went to a restaurant before we went to go see Get Out then we went to go see Get Out then after that like 12 in the morning his friends wanted to link up and go to Denny's we went to Denny's the next Saturday we went that same Saturday we um went go-karting then we went to dinner again like the Sunday we had dinner together again and from that point from that Friday we went out on our first date we spent every single day together I he stayed on post at the time I would go to his um where he stayed after we did PT in the mornings worked out or whatever I would go shower change like I didn't not hint of a woman. There's no way he could have been, in my mind, messing around with another woman, talking to another woman. We would go and get lunch together. He would come over after work. Like, in my mind, like me and this man, like there's nothing possible that could be happening. So then my friend calls me one day, like this is the first day that I haven't spent with him since we had been together. But I was like, yeah, it's it's overkill. We done been together for like two weeks now. We need a day apart. So I'm cleaning up you know, around the house, doing a little bit of journaling and stuff. I'm feeling good. I'm happy. My homegirl calls me and was like, where's Rob? And I was like, mm -hmm. I texted him earlier. He said he was going to take a nap after work. You know, he, he probably still sleep. Maybe then went up, got up, played basketball with the boys or whatever. And she was like, well, he's with the guy that we worked with. And I was like, okay, what's wrong with that? And it, they were like, well, they in an apartment. And it's two girls over there. So I'm like, okay, I don't know, like, whatever, whatever. So the next day, my homegirl hits me up and was like, girl, have you seen his snap? So I go, look, don't see it, because I done got deleted. This, y'all, this man went and got married. 
Adam spent two weeks with this man and he got married to his baby mama. Like, no, there was no hint. I ain't find a toothbrush in his place, no panties, no wigs, no weaves, nothing. No pictures of her, no, like, there was no hint. Even on his Netflix, her name wasn't on there. This is why I have trust issues with men. So there's a few things that I said there. One, homegirl need to mind her business, okay? The homegirl <laughs> need to mind her business. That was not her business to go tell, one. Yes, it was. No, no what? No, what her business tell? Wait, cheating on, or if your homegirl, like, okay, say you have a homeboy and his wife or his girlfriend or somebody that he's really feeling, somebody that he really into, you catch her out cheating, you're not going to say nothing. Not to not to my homeboy. What? I'm gonna if if we're close enough that I feel like and on on that level there are about five men maybe six that I'm close enough to that that would bother me. Okay, but if we're close enough that I would go tell him, we're close enough that I could go interrupt the, whatever it was. So I'm gonna go interrupt it so she know. So she gonna rather go tell the story. Before I, before she even think that I'm gonna get back and tell the story. So that that's that's the and if I would, I tell listen, you, listen, bro. And that's all you gotta say to me. Listen, bro. We don't need no dates, no time, no. Hey, just listen, bro. Go check his snap. She set you up for disappointment, and heartbreak. She could just told you, look. She she kind of stirred you. She kind of strung you out. Look, bro. Rob Rob got married. Boom. Hold up the phone. She made you do some investigative work. That's one. Two, I don't trust anybody that dives in head first in two weeks. Male, female, white, black, red, green. If you head first in in two weeks, if you answering all my phone calls, all my that's with a job, that's with uh, with <laughs> friendships, that's with business deals. If every time I call you, you answer. <laughs> like to me, when you start talking about wifey and girlfriend. That, that's a wife equality. My, my wife is who picks up every time. So, and it, now let's flip it. If y'all doing all that in two weeks, like then, then there's your sign. But in my defense, we're in the military. So in the military, two weeks, y'all done really been together almost six months. No, no, see, see you're putting caveats on it. Two weeks is two weeks. Time is relative, I know. Uh, I know. I know time is relative, but two weeks is two weeks, okay? That's, you that's in, in a, on falling in love though or being committed yes, like I, I never heard even biblically and I and I struggle with it and maybe it's because um ooh, let me make sure I walk a very fine line that I don't believe there's anything that's called in love and first sight okay? okay I don't I don't think there's anything is you fall in love I, I've been in love with people and been like I don't know when I fell in love with you but it wasn't off of two weeks. Like, you don't even know this person. How y'all be falling in love with somebody and you don't know them? Spending two weeks with somebody is not fun. You, you, you can't fall in love with somebody until you've seen them experience a loss. Because how do they handle losses? You can't fall in love with somebody until you've seen them have just an incredible moment. Because how do they handle success? You can't fall in love with somebody until you see them with financial uh, struggles or successes. So we put all this, hey, I was in love or I'm falling in love. You fall in love and you ain't seen nothing but the, uh, but the trailer for the movie. 
even though some movies, the best part be in the whole trailer. Exactly. So, I, I, I mean, I, I hear the situation. I get what I, you're saying. But I ain't completely mad at Rob. But when I got married... <laughs> you're not mad at Rob. We, yes, even when, years later, I'm still mad at Rob. When, I, then, got, when I got married... And my wife won't hear this, but my mama will. When I got married, there were people, there were women that like right after wedding day were like, wait, you seriously got married. And I have been with Nicole for a long time. Like you can go back. There are pictures of me and Nicole. There is no hiding this. There are vacations there. She's posted on every social network. And they were like, oh, wait, you really got married. And there, there was somebody like had a really tough conversation with it. What you mean? They really, like, I just thought that you were just like having a good time. Like, that's why you were ignoring me. You thought I ignored you for five, six years just for the hell of it. So sometimes y'all put these little situationships in y'all head. Now, I ain't never heard of a man, and this might be gender bias, but I've never heard of a man saying, dog, she got married, bro, and I didn't even know it. I was giving her all my time and attention. And, and you can't say it's because women don't cheat because women cheat much better than men do. And you can't say it's because women have secrets because women keep secrets better than men that's do. That's the thing. Like, I've uh, I've talked to multiple men at a time, okay? I have, I won't say that I've never cheated because I have cheated. But with men, y'all are so sloppy, so careless with it. But like, apparently, I, Rob, what, but wait a minute. Apparently, Rob wasn't sloppy because for two weeks, Rob had you thinking that it was just you. Yeah, for only two weeks. Women, we can carry a side dude for two years, okay? Do you know why men can't hide it? Especially black men? Because black men don't cheat. Yes, That's they why. Do. So even yeah. when they try, even when they try to cheat, it doesn't work because our inner we don't cheatness just starts to show. No, black men very much cheat. Y'all probably created cheat. Let me look at Genesis because it probably like right there in some fine line is probably like, and while I'm over here creating these strong black men, sis, they are going to cheat on you, period. Maybe not all of them, but a strong 88% of black men cheat. No, but then again, for most men, I think I could not speak for men. When, when a man is involved with a woman sexually, most men don't consider that cheating. What? Yeah, most, for a man, when a man steps out and sleeps with another woman, they don't consider, most men don't consider that cheating. They consider it sex. So if you are with your and wife- only people that can cheat. The only people that can cheat is married people because you're single until you're married. And that's the other part. Y'all be having this caveat in your brain that we're exclusive. And you, when you file your taxes, tell me the tell me the categories that you can file. Uh uh-uh. uh. Listen, Mm-mm. I'm not single, going- divorced, widowed, married. Don't know where to say in a relationship. Don't know where to say oh we my boot thing kind of. Facebook told y'all it was complicated. The government say. The Bible don't even say nothing. The Bible say it was arranged marriage. By this age, this person showed up and they got married at an arranged time. You don't say nothing about dating in there. That's why dating is so problematic. You think, so you think that people should be able to sleep 
with whoever they want and do whatever they want up until they are married. No, I didn't say that. I said you're single until you're married. The level of commitment to one another is between those two people. The level exactly. of expectation is between those two people. And if one person has this expectation and the other person doesn't, that's not on the other person. But when we come together and we make an agreement that we are committed and we are exclusive, you cannot sit here and be like, okay, well, I'm, 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 committed, I'm committed to you up until this point. Because, okay, you, so for, you're saying for men, having sex isn't cheating. But I know, uh, I don't know a single man that is going to find out that his girlfriend or fiance that's that's has, different. has that's been, different. has had sex with another man and is going to be like, yeah, I'm going to take her back. I love her, bro. But, like, but that's, what, what, time out, time out. Two pieces of that. One, no, I want to start with that last piece. That's different. But no, what you said just ain't true. Because I know a lot of men that stay with their woman after they cheated. Who okay. are these men and okay. do they that accept the same fate? Do they have, I know a lot of, hell, I got an ex that I stayed with after she told me everything she did and was like, okay, I put it all on the table. Who have you been with? And I was sitting there with some damn tears in my eyes like, <laughs> there's nobody. What do you mean? What, what are you talking about? Oh, I was cheating because I thought you was cheating. What? So you can't say that because I personally can look in the mirror and tell you one who's done. All right? I know men, they women have cheated. I know a lot of men, they women cheat and they take them back. Okay? They just don't publicize it. They just out there bashing them, talking about how bad they are because they know in the back of their mind, I can't bash her and I'm going to take her back. One. And if you find you a good method on Facebook, they will always tell you when they women cheat and when they take them back. The other piece of that is I am 31, okay? I'm 31. I've been married since I was 26. What is that, five? So five years. Take five years out of that. Hell, you can include those five years, even with my wife. I have never, ever, ever, out of with any of the women I slept with, any of the women I've dated, even with the woman I married, <laughs> asterisk, had the conversation of, hey, we're exclusive. The only time I had the hey, we're exclusive conversation is when the preacher was sitting up saying, do you, Anthony, take the code to be your lawfully wedded wife? It's the only time I exchanged those vows. I do, do, a, do, a, do a straw poll of how many men sat down with a woman. Y'all say, hey, what are we? What, what is this? That's not setting parameters and boundaries. You expect them just to know what this is. So as, as men... And this can fall on women too, but as men, if you know, because you know a woman's expectations, I feel like, like any man. No, y'all are you, strong, independent, free-thinking women. No, we should not know, have to think or wonder what y'all think or mean. Y'all should express it. If you didn't, if you didn't understand where a woman was coming from, men wouldn't try so hard to hide it. If you feel like you're doing everything right and you feel like, I mean, we didn't specifically say we we're exclusive. We didn't specifically say this. Y'all wouldn't try so hard to hide it. I say this all the time to men. Like, and then the thing is with me, with dealing with men, is we, a lot of women, especially now, ask men up front what it is that you want, like what it is that you want to do. And a lot of y'all men, be very shady and be like, well, whatever you want to do, I'm with whatever you want. If you want to Because how, wait a minute. Because how would you feel 
and and see, this is this and this wasn't even supposed to turn into this tonight. But I, I'm I'm um, how would women feel, men feel, person period feel? And it's been a long time since I've dated, so I don't know. Maybe I'm just so disconnected. So I'm, I'm thinking back here to young me. Maybe I was even perceiving it incorrectly. But if you've been kicking it with a person for a while and it's, hey, what are your expectations of me? If a man were to look you in the face and say, my expectations from you is to still freak you whenever I want to, however I want to, but I don't want to be labeled as your boyfriend, you would cuss him out, call him a dog and leave. If he said his realistic expectations is, listen, I want to spend the next 30 years, us living in the same house, hunching, getting it on, maybe have some babies, but I want to have whoever I want to have, whenever I want to have it, you would leave. Y'all don't want honesty from people. I Help, men don't, oh, people- we do. The thing is with men is y'all don't know how to turn away the P. So men will do That's anything. That's a lie. That like, no, let, me, let me tell you, if you want and you want to get some from her, you will tell her whatever she want to hear in order to get it. But you cannot do that with women because if you sit here and you tell me, because I talked to a guy it was like a year or so ago. And now he's came back around. He hit me up all the time. He wonder why I'm flaking on him. When I first started talking to him, I asked him what it was. Well, you know, we can date. I'm kind of looking for, you know, a stepmother for my son. I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that. So then, you know, we went out on a date. I was free and open with it. We ended up doing whatever it is we ended up doing. And, you know, we kept continuing from there. But as time progressed, then all of a sudden it's like, well, I kind of didn't want that. And I'm like, so, ooh, I was about to say the N word, my bad, y'all. So why would you sit here and in the beginning express that you want this, 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 and this, and you knew that's not what you wanted. And later he came back and apologized for it because he was on, I think, social media, like, oh, women this, women that. Like, I don't understand why women, like, why I don't have a good woman in my life. All this other crap. and I. I had to tell him on social media because you're not honest, like you're not straightforward. That's the issue. With I, I had a kid. It, I I used to, and I've talked about her before in the podcast, and I felt like a dog for telling her the truth because I knew she was interested. But from day one, I told her it would never be more than what it was. From day, she probably still listens and will never tell me that she listens to the perspective. Because one time she liked my wedding photos and I, she wasn't my wedding, she wasn't my friend or anything like that. She was just creeping. I could tell she was just creeping. So you can't convince me that she doesn't listen to the perspective. I told her from the jump, hey, look, like it's not this. And she told me how I broke her heart for not wanting to be serious. So and of course, that's going to happen. But men have to work on understanding it's a woman's choice because I was in a group. It was a military group. And it was like a meme that a guy posted and it was a girl saying, well, what do you want? And it was the one guy, like he decided to be honest. And he was like, really, I just want to smash. Like, I just want to have somebody to hang out with. And the girl walked off from him. And then in the bottom of the meme, he was, he was like, well, this is why a lot of women. No, women have the option women are entitled to say if you're not doing what i want i can walk away just like men but who, men who, here who, who, men, who said but who said who said women can't do that what man when you make Kevin choice, samuel said that if when you make the choice when you sit there and tell a woman like 
what she wants to hear instead of what it is or the truth, you're making that choice for her because you want to have sex, you want to do this, but she's thinking building. And then when you sit there and you be like, well, no, nah, that's not what I really wanted. Or you sit there and you break her heart or you like cheat on her, whatever the situation may be. And then she out here keying your car and slashing your tires and crying. She childish. She's childish if you're doing that. You want to say she's crazy, but you play with her emotions. You no, can No, because you can do that. I'm, I'm going to call bullshit on that. Because no. take, 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 sex, take sex away. Even with marriage, I'll use this example. Um, and I absolutely positively love my wife. My friends in the group chat give me help. And they're always like, oh, you say something that Nicole should, should kill you for it. But I absolutely love my wife. Nicole knew when Nicole cut her hair, the very first time we were dating, my friend Julian has been on the pod and confirmed this story. When we were dating, she cut her hair. And she asked me about it. When it, it was natural, she permed it. She permed it because I always used to talk about, I, love, I still love straight hair. I, there is something about a silk press that's been wrapped at night, that's got the body and the move to it that I've always liked, liked since I was a little kid. That's just what I like. So she took this big, beautiful, natural hair, and she permed it. <laughs> All for it. Boom. Okay. She came one day back, wanted to start over again. Cut it off, went, went. Boom, sure to know what I got right now. She didn't tell me. <laughs> I expressed it, hey, you know, I'm really not, I don't even find this cut attractive. Not that I don't find you attractive, I don't find this attractive. Like, that, I knew when we made it out that segment, I don't even share pictures from that time frame because we took them. I just hate it. I hate short hair. I just do. It's, it's not what I like. Okay. Hey, if you ever do this again, I'm leaving. Okay. This is, this is, Point blank, Frank Perry. You know how many times my wife has cut her hair since uh, 2013? Twice. Okay. I found out after we got married that she actually cut her hair before we got married. She just cut it short enough and kept it done. So I didn't know that she had cut it. So you can take sex out of it and an equation out of it and say women want this and women want women, people. Human beings want to do what they want to do. And you can express it and say, hey, I like this and hey, I don't like this. But at the end of the day, a person looks at what they need for their validation. And when you're talking about couples and being together and I, you have to find somebody whose validation equals validation. So a buddy of mine texted me, asked me, we're talking about Candace Owens, white guy. And he was like, Candace Owens can't love herself doing these things. And he was asking for genuine things. I said, I can't tell if Candace Owens loves herself because Judging somebody's self-love is the hardest thing in the world to do. In order to evaluate somebody's self-love or their self-wealth, you have to have the same values as them. And, and if you all have the same values and you see them compromising the values that you see the same, then you can question if they're loving themselves right now. But I don't know what Candace, Candace Owens' values are right now to know if she loves herself doing this. And that's where we miss mating. That's where we miss bonding and growing we marry out of love when marriage is a business decision if i married every woman i loved i would have been divorced a whole lot of time i agree but marriage is a business decision what is what is what is your family's drinking history what is your family's health history what is the education level of your family what's the financial stability what what, what let me look 10 13 10 or the past three generations what have what have you succeeded what do you do is your mama crazy is it not because if a person doesn't check those boxes uh you can't be successful with them but those should be factors in what you're sewing into because if you 
uh, procreate, now you're showing a child in that's connected to those destinies. And we miss that. And so then when we're dating and when we're looking and we're always oh, this and always oh, that, and it was a good vibe and a good energy, I can make anybody feel like they got a good energy. There's a lot of women I knew I wasn't going to marry. There's a lot of them I knew I wasn't going to call a third time. I called everybody at least twice. I just knew I wasn't going to call them a third time. But that's not a, oh, people want upfrontness and people want this and people want that. I, there was this woman that, <laughs> I, I should not say this, I'm going to say this, was probably the best I ever had. Don't listen to this, Lord. I hope she's I mean, and and but I knew not that. And I was this was I was young. I was real young. And I was like, uh uh, no, like I know that you're not somebody I want to be with long term. You have nothing else outside of this that I like. I told her that. Oh, you're gonna like me, you're gonna do this. She used to go on dates and bring the men to my job and then text me, you know, you don't want me to see, want to see me with anybody else. I don't care about you. I cared about the thing. But that's not that's not honesty. That's not that wasn't appreciated. So the, the level of expectation, we don't we don't match it. That's why there's a difference between a girlfriend and a wife. We, I was talking to someone else about somebody else's situation. I was like, you know, my wife would never ever let me be this wrong publicly without telling me privately or stopping me from being this wrong. And I caught myself and I said, well, I guess that's the difference in a girlfriend and a wife. My wife ain't gonna let me look stupid crazy. Part of why I'm married. But we don't like having them conversations. We don't like having them. He, he loved me and I loved him. But every time we got mad, I was telling my mama, his mama, my grandmama, his daughter, how he wasn't an ain't shit, this, that, and, oh, damn, because he wasn't an ain't shit N-word. But then I wanted him to come back and love me and respect me. I've shattered his ego. Most men are extremely sensitive. And then when it comes to, hey, I wanted to talk, you, you're ripping it all off, you're getting, you're communicating it all, you're getting it all off your chest, and he hadn't said a word, and now you're mad at him. And then two weeks later, after he's processed it all, he come back and say, Hey, you know, I thought about what you talked about. And now you don't care because you've dismissed that. That was two weeks ago, but it took him two weeks to process that. Well, he but I feel have to be equally yoked with someone because, or you have to learn your partner and adjust to them because I, I can argue. I will sit here and like, I want to talk about this. I want to bring this up. I want to discuss this. And my partner will be like, no, I don't want to have this conversation. Like, I don't want to argue. Like, he don't want to argue at all. So I had to learn because I'm sitting here thinking, like, you don't care. Like, you don't, you don't, you know. And eventually I had to learn that that's just how he deals with things. And I've been with men who will argue with me all day. I've been with men, like, I hang up. And just like I want him to call back, he going to call back. I, I scream in the phone. He going to scream back. Like he going to stay on the phone. Me, we going to talk this out. It just depends on who you're with. But I think that a lot of us, we're not dating people or matching with people. We're equally yoked with like me. I learned recently I'm okay with never getting married again. So I am fine with dating a man and not being married and continuously. Hey. So you have a daughter, right? Mm -hmm. And if I'm out of bounds, you can tell me I'm out of bounds. You have a daughter. 
mm-hmm. of the men you dated, how many men would you be okay with your daughter dating a man with their same personality? Um, honestly, I would say there's three men that I've dated that I would be okay with her. You know, she got with a man with the same personality. And the issue with those, what ended those relationships is we either weren't at the same place at the same time. We weren't equally yoked. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they're bad people. We have to learn to in relationships and understand that being done with somebody or breaking up with somebody doesn't mean it doesn't always have to end in cheating it doesn't always have to end in some big scandal sometimes you're just not equally yoked with people and it fizzles out or it doesn't work out but equally yoked isn't it equally yoked and i know you're on a different spiritual journey right now yes um i know you're on a different spiritual journey right now than, than than i so but equally yoked does not mean we do everything the same or we communicate the same or we equally yoked is is that we carry the list not the load that breaks you is how you carry it and so equally yoked is on the days you have bad days am i strong enough to carry the whole load yes and you don't have to be the exact same as the person you're with but you have to i heard this i think on clubhouse my lord um that the person you have to be with has the same values as you. And the reason why a lot of relationships don't work is because people are pushing together values that don't go together. So for me, I have dated men that don't have the same values. Like I've dated, I've been in a space where I care about love, family, quality time, all that. And then I've dated a man who's chasing his bag, who's after success. So I'm frustrated because I want to spend quality time with you. I want to love on you. Like I want you to do family things, but you're over here focused on the money. So you can't, me and you aren't seeing eye to eye because what you're focused on, I'm not, able to relate to and what i'm focused on you're not able to relate to but and i and i'm not i'm not playing devil's advocate because the devil don't need an advocate i'm playing anthony's advocate i'm playing hey i'm he, he was focused on or she was focused on the money because she realized without those means of resources some of the things that y'all were doing you couldn't do or do at the level that you wanted to do but not always in my, in my, I feel like I'm financially good. He was financially good, but in his mind, no matter how comfortable he was, it was never enough. That was his passion. His passion was working, making money. It didn't necessarily mean to spend, to blow, to set up. Like that was just his passion. For me, my passion was love. And it just, you know, it fizzled out. Sometimes that's how relationships go. I don't think that all relationships are meant to end in like, oh, he cheated on me. Oh, he beat me. Like, as I've grown up, I've realized you can date people and all that extraness. Like, it ain't, sometimes you just fizzle out. It don't got to be. And I think that's a generational issue because earlier you said that people get on Facebook, they blast each other. 
they tell everybody their business, tell everybody where things went wrong. It's a generational thing. You have to learn that just sometimes it is what it is and keep it moving. Listen, I, I, Chico Bean tells a joke of he thinks divorces should be just as public as weddings and think that those will get rid of, that that will lower the rate of divorce. If everybody had to come in, the same people that was at your wedding, walk, was in at your divorce, you had to walk down the altar and tell all the things you hated about this person from now on in front of the judge before you got a sign that people wouldn't get divorced at the highest rate. Um, I, so, I think that social media um, the expectations of love, relationships, marriages force people to hold on to things and paint a picture that isn't accurate or isn't, ugh. And then I also think that people are in such a, like people are so scared of being alone or not being married that we get into things and we're not prepared. Like earlier you said, and I agree with um, that marriage is a business deal. When I got married, I married someone because I was in love. Biggest mistake I ever made. We did not sit down and go over finances like we should have. Um, I knew how much he made. I knew he had a couple debts, but I didn't know he was bad with money. I was young. I didn't know that I didn't know how to take care of money myself. So we both come in here. We both got issues with money. Then he had past traumas that he hadn't gotten over. I didn't know that because I didn't see that at that time until we started living together after we were married. I'm like, dang, like he's messed up. I also had past traumas. We didn't look at the fact that we had uh, parent issues. Like it was a whole bunch of things. But on social media and to everyone else, like I was like, I can't look like I failed. I can't be embarrassed. So we over here posting up pictures. We look happy. And then when it came time for the divorce, a lot of people didn't even know until I changed my last name on Facebook. And then as years went on and I started healing from it, I spoke on it. But I think that we have this facade that we have to paint that our marriage is all good. Our relationships are all good. I mean, Chico Bean is right. Look how many people post when they're getting married, as they're dating, all the good times. And then all of a sudden you see somebody's profile and they haven't posted their wife or their husband in a year or six months. And then two years from now, you find out that they're dating somebody else because they got divorced and you didn't know anything about it. Well, it's funny you said the thing about pictures. So when I went to Jamaica, I didn't post any pictures of Nicole. I was only pictures of pictures, pictures of me and people from uh, older people were commenting, hey, did you go by yourself? My friends were giving me hell. Oh, you don't love your wife? No, but what they did know and what they, I mean, ain't nobody's business. So I was pissed because my wife don't ever post me. Now, how fair is that? Because, and, and in my opinion, so this is just real conversation. It bothered me because I'm a poster, okay? Mm -hmm. One of the reasons I post, it's, it's horrible as it's about to sound in, in a pastoral role and while people think I feel, one of the reasons I post my wife so much is to keep the hose away. That is what it is. I post her as a reminder. Hey, no, you can't come this way. But I was like, damn, you don't ever post me. But her opinion was, 
I didn't post before we got married. Why did you expect this now? Why are you expecting this years later? All people saw was, oh, it must be trouble in paradise because you're not posting. So people definitely look at your situation and try. I say stuff on here and they're like, there's no way. <laughs> One, I go home every single night unless I'm away on church or business. And I just be talking. I just be talking. That's why I could say what I said earlier and just be talking because what, what I have is good. And some of us, because we are so into the social media drift, can't yes. be okay with what we have being good. Or we can't be okay with what we have works for us. And that's just not in relationships. That's financially, that's on an educational level, that's with, with kids. I, I hate seeing people, um, and I mean it, I, I mean it, I hate seeing people go into debt trying to make their kids look like they have more money than they have. That irks me because all you're doing is setting back that child in the long run. I, I miss the days, we were just talking about Air Force Ones and Nicole was telling me she was gonna buy a pair and tell me how much she's about to pay. It's like, I can remember Air Force Ones were like $60 for an all pair of white ones. Mm -hmm. if, if they're gonna be this price, I will wear Walmart shoes before I wear. Kids these days don't wear light up shoes. Yeah, that's true. They don't wear light up shoes. They can't. A parents be posting how I sent them to school versus how I left. How, what you expect them to stay clean all day? I don't even know. I am thirty one. I cannot walk without creasing my shoes because that was never a thing to me. And now kids be like, I can't crease my jeans. They shoes. You better run and tear them damn shoes up. That's on the parent for buying hundred and twenty dollars pair of shoes for a pair of shoes that's only gonna be good for six months anyway. But because media determines our lives and it's crazy i see it all the time and i had to i i'm avid about going to therapy i'm very passionate about going to therapy and i had to sit in therapy because i was questioning all these things in my life and my therapist was like is this you or is this your friends or is this what you expect is this you know what people are pushing onto you because this is a lot of things that i'm looking at like people have you looking making you think that you're crazy or you're not where you're supposed to be relationships i have you thinking about that i see i have a friend whose relationship is toxic as hell i mean cheating going through phones yelling and screaming threatening divorce but when they post pictures together you would think like damn i want that like damn they look good together but behind closed doors if you close to them you know that they are extremely toxic to each other and they should not be together um i have people who you know post like oh i got this car i got that car i got this birkin bag i got this louis vuitton bag and they are struggling like in my inbox can i borrow some money but that's because social media tells you you have to have these things. Social media tells you you have to have, this is what your marriage has to look like. Your spouse don't post you. Your boyfriend don't post you. I've dated guys that don't post. I've dated guys that do post. The guys that didn't post, when I was super into social media, I had to really sit there and like evaluate myself because I'd be freaking out. Like, why you can't post me? You must got a girl in your DMs. You must be talking to somebody. You must be hiding something. And it's not that they probably like, you know, they had their different reasons for it or it wasn't big on their priority list. But because I was so focused on we going out and you ain't put me on your Snapchat, I couldn't even enjoy my damn self. I remember in 
Korea get in an argument in the club because this man did not post me on his Snapchat and I posted him on mine. But see, but why are we? And I just said I I was I I fussed at my wife for not posting me, but that was more internal. I was having some self esteem. I needed some love. I wasn't happy at work, and I mean it, it. It just that was different. But why does that matter? Like like genuinely, why? And as much as I post on social media, and I know I post on social media, at the end of the day, social media really doesn't bother me. Do I have days when I'm like, damn, my phone didn't go off at all? And that kind of like, oh, what's my, but, but it's a good reminder that if nobody interacts with me, I'm okay. When, when did social media become so, like I was looking at this chick and I don't have a TikTok. I refuse to get a TikTok. Everybody keeps telling me to get a TikTok because you can learn so much from TikTok. I don't want a TikTok. I'm not going to be a TikToker. But this one, this little girl was like, oh, I want to be like her because she's so famous and she's got 300,000 people following her. And it's like, when did that become the goal? Why is that the goal? I guess that's my question I'm asking. I don't know. I'm not, I can't figure that out. I think that we one-on-one interact like before social media you just had to go out and live in the moment but because of social media we're living for a moment it's a big difference and to me when I was having this fit about not uh being posted I think it was just validation like I wanted people to see like oh I'm happy I got a man like I'm you know I'm not over here single and lonely but I had to I think I took a step back from social media when I had a friend like be like oh what you going through because you shared something on Facebook and I wasn't even really going through anything but she kept insinuating like every time you post something it means that you're going through that or you're doing that or whatever the situation is. So I had to step back and now I just share wild stuff or post wild stuff. May not be something I'm going through, may not be something I'm dealing with. And I stray away. I don't talk about my career anymore. Um, I don't talk about my what kind of like new things I bought. Like if I bought something new, you'll just see it when I post a picture of me wearing it or inside of it. Um, I don't need to post where I live what you said about the children yeah harmony is not gonna get all brand new things she's not gonna be around here in a hundred dollar shoes because my daughter is a tom boy i don't even like taking her to get her hair silk pressed for picture day because the next day she's gonna be looking crazy so you just gotta separate yourself from social media versus in the now because social media to me is not reality reality is what you living in and dealing with at the moment so i mean it's just it just i post on my social media i post on my social media for me like right (laughs) when i post on my snap i watch my own snap story enough and i don't care who watches my snap i'm recording this for me not for and i think that that's where people miss that it's it's oh I'm about to say this and it's an opening but it so I'm part of it is self-absorbed not for the other people I don't care about the gratification or the number of interactions I care about it on the podcast level because it's a brand that I'm trying to grow but me personally I'm like uh the less people who know that me and this bottle of crown XO just had a really good time the better right and now we're recording ourselves doing the most idiotic things, or we're so desperate for the attention and opinions of others that we tell some of the craziest things. Like I've seen 
the same girl bash the father of her children but then get back with him or be on good terms with him. And I'm like, girl, I'm exhausted. Okay. Why just the other day you told us he a clown and now you posting happy father's day. He the best father in the world. The other day, like I had a cousin she posted that the man she was with was beating on her. And I was genuinely concerned. I hit her up. Like we got to get you out of the situation, man. They got back together. Now they're the happiest couple ever. Look at you being like your friend earlier in other people's business. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> being like friend earlier. So what's the one thing, like, <laughs> looking back, talking about social media, you're almost 30, I'm over 30. There are people that listen to this podcast that are almost 80. Um, what is if the one thing you're happy social media wasn't around? I don't want to phrase that. What's the dumbest thing that you know you would have put on social media that you're happy that you did? If it would have been around. Um, underage drinking. Um, I'm glad that social media was around when I was married, but I'm glad that it wasn't like as popular because I probably would have put like, I don't know, us arguing or I don't know. Um... I think illegal activities too, jumping fences or, you know, like petty larceny, theft, things like that. No, I'm kidding. But for real, those types of things, like I, I'm glad social media wasn't around for. Um, I'm also glad that social media wasn't around for my mother beating my ass because a lot of parents post things like that on social media now. And I feel like that is so traumatizing. And right. my mom is not social media responsible. So she would have been one of those mothers who would have been like, yeah, I just told Asia ass up good and would have had me in the camera, like bent over getting beat or yeah. I'm, so I'm glad that social media wasn't around for me getting beatings or being mm-hmm. underage. I wish it wasn't around for gender reveals. That the gender reveals and social media pissed me off because, and I get one expectation you wanted, but but you video it, you put it out there like that kid might not ever see it. And then what happens when they find out that my mom and daddy were so upset that I'm a little girl and they wanted a little boy? Like I, yeah, see, I hate gender pissed. reveals. My dad was pissed that I wasn't a boy, but I heard about it later on if I grew up and I saw you know my dad drop down to his knees and start crying and punching the air I probably would have been like damn so fuck me huh excuse me y'all excuse me my bad but um I would have been like you know so yeah gender reveals um gosh what else like it's, it's so many things that I see on social media that I'm like, huh, like, why are you telling us this? Um, an overshare, like Facebook groups where people tell you just a little bit way too much about their life. Yeah, like uh, on, on these days on Facebook, like literally make me cringe. Some of the stuff I posted and I was like reserved with that. I was like, damn, like I did. I would look at the time and look what I posted and be like, oh, I just left such and such his house. Like, what in the world? Like, how reckless is that? And, and now people be putting names and I just, yeah. 
So one last pivot, one final pivot, I guess. We've been on here a good little minute, I think. I don't know. This is flow pretty good. Um, so you are on a new journey. Um yeah. from from Christianity from Christianity to I, I wouldn't classify it as not Christian, but you are on a spiritual walk um that is unique and different to to you. And I think more and more people identify with the kind of journey that you're on. So let's talk about it. Tell us about your journey right now. Um, okay, so I grew up Baptist and Pentecostal. Um, after I got divorced, I guess you could say I had like an awakening. I was like a single mom. I was what, 22, 23 years old, like super young. And um, I was going through all these different struggles and I hadn't been introduced to therapy yet. And um, the background I come from, you know, you're told to pray, go to church, you'll find your answers in that. And so I was going to church, praying, and I was jumping. I went from Pentecostal to just to figure out who I was from Pentecostal to Catholic. Um, I did Baptist. I did Muslim. And then last but not least, I did Mormonism. And um, after a while, I think I joined this group and um, a lot of the people were spiritual and they were just talking about meditating and digging deep within yourself and how God is within you. So I just started that and um, it grew from there. And I felt like it was a relief because growing up being a Christian and what's put on you being a Christian and being religious, it just, I, I can't speak for everybody's religious journey. I don't judge anybody's religious journey. If you're a Buddhist, if you're Muslim, if you're Christian, if you find solace in that, then do that. But for me, I didn't find solace in being a Christian. And I think that the Black community aren't really, for the most part, aren't really Christians. It's just something that has been passed down to us because I would sit and I would hear like, okay, you're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to go to church Sunday. But when I look back on it, my mom wasn't a Christian. As much as she preaches about the Bible, my mom wasn't a Christian. My dad was not a Christian. They were having, you know, premarital sex, um, my dad had a, a little sketchy past. My mom was a cusser. You know, they had dipped and dabbled and smoking the devil's lettuce and all these other things. Weed but is biblical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, they had these issues and it would be told, okay, we'll just go to church Sunday and pray and all is forgiven. And to me, it just felt like why are we doing this if it's not something we believe in? You know, you're told not to do all these things in the Bible. You're told to walk this certain type of line and we're not doing it. We just over here preaching it and being like, okay, well, you can mess up. God is going to forgive you. And I get that. Everybody messes up. Everybody sins. But it just didn't feel authentic to me like being spiritual did. And then it felt so forced. Going to church on Sunday, um, the sermons, it felt so forced. Having to give 10%, it felt so forced. And again, I don't judge anybody's walk, but being spiritual, I feel a comfort, uh, comfort. I feel at peace. And I feel like I can connect to God 
whenever. And I have the option to be as flexible and open and honest with myself as I want to be, as opposed to when I was in church, I felt judged. Um, sometimes I felt ashamed. Sometimes I felt critical of myself because it was so many things in the Bible that I'm being told. And I'm pretty sure since I've left the church, religion has opened up a little bit more. Christianity has opened up a little bit more. But when I was there in the midst of it, it was so many things that I was like, dang, like I'm a horrible person. Like I have sex before marriage. I'm a terrible person. Um, you know, homosexuality is supposed to be this terrible thing. My best friend is gay and I love him to death. Like I'm a horrible person for loving someone that's gay and being accepting of his lifestyle and enjoying, you know, his lifestyle. Like it's in enjoying seeing him so happy and so free. I'm going to pride festivals. Like I'm wrong. You know, I'm eating these certain types of food. I'm wrong. I'm not treating my body like a temple, I guess, because I'm going to get a tattoo. I'm wrong. You know, all these different things. So for me being spiritual, it was just, you know, different like so different for me like so, i love so not questioning your walk your journey i'm learning i'm listening it's just good i switched the perspective hat to maybe the preacher hat to just try to understand but genuine question do you feel like you escape accountability because it would with when people say i'm spiritual and i do where, where is the accountability one to another? Where is the accountability from God and mandate? Where is, because because a lot of people think church is the building or the preacher, but, but church is ultimately the relationship. And then we, if you talk about Christianity, those are my notes, but listening to the teaching of Jesus, that, that doesn't overrule some of the stuff that people say they get in, in being a spiritual being or associating themselves with spirituality. But where is the accountability? What 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 is the notion? What is the check? What is it in the spiritual walk where you feel held accountable for your actions? I don't. So it's definitely not a spiritual rule book and everybody's spirituality goes different. For me, it's understanding karma. In the Bible, I think, or in Christianity, um, you're held accountable by, I feel like, your peers or people in the church. Um, when I was growing up, I think I had a friend that was either Mormon or Catholic, and she had sex before marriage, and she was a teenager, and I think they made her confess her sins in front of the church. Or so. It was like something crazy, because I was like, Ooh, oh my gosh. But um, being spiritual is recognizing I kept thinking, um, why are all these bad things happening to me? Or like, why is this happening? And I, part of being spiritual, I learned that some of the things that happened to me is my karma for things that I've done that are wrong. No, because I'm spiritual, I don't think it's okay to lie. Um, I don't think it's okay to, you know, uh, commit adultery or like it's certain things that I know, whether I'm a Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, whatever I know are wrong. Where it comes in holding yourself accountable is your karma. Like I have to think about that. Every time I get up every morning, I have to think whatever I'm doing, it's going to have a reaction to it. 
it's going to come back to me. If I do something good to somebody, that's going to come back to me. If I do something bad, it's going to come back to me. If I lie to somebody, somebody's going to lie to me. If I take advantage of somebody, somebody's going to take advantage of me. And with spirituality, I realized that karma doesn't always come the way you expect it. Sometimes it skips a generation. It may go to your child. It may come back the next day. It may come back two years from now, but I have to know deep down in my spirit the reason why, you know, your car got wrecked is because you over here keying homeboy car because he done cheated on your behind. Um, you know, the reason why uh, your business deal fell through is because you were over here doing shady business to someone else. Like, you know, certain things that you understand, like this may be my karma. And I just had that. I was dealing with something that was my karma last week. And I was over here like, oh. But I had to understand that I did something wrong and my karma just came back a little swifter than I expected. But so that there, because I'm listening and I don't want to sound argumentative or debate because I'm listening. So but what's the difference in that in reaping what you sow or um, I'm, I've been on this kick of, of really explaining what it means, what the, the scripture means when it says give. And it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. What, what's the difference in that and from a from a what you grew up in and karma? Because those those entities, those those talking pieces, those those realms of conversation are the same. Right. Give it yeah. and it comes back to you. So what's the difference in that? And there being a component where we're hearing it from other people. Um, one of the hardest things I have to do is preach something that I just did when I have to. And people don't think preachers do that. A lot of preachers stand up there and what they're preaching isn't for the congregation. It's for them and they're whooping their own behind. Um, I, I think that's why some preachers have such a hard stance against homosexuality is because they're whipping their own butt because they're homosexual. Um, but that, that's another conversation for another podcast. What, what is, I'm missing the difference. The only difference I, I see, and I'm, I'm wanting to learn because I want to reach people, um, is the accountability factor uh, and some of the things that some of the practices are, are outdated, but the theology, the, the study of God is not different than what you're saying. The theology behind it, the framework of it, who God is, what God is, the power of God hadn't changed. Um, so the only difference is the accountability piece. So it's absolutely, not. people think that different religions are just completely all the way around, all the way different. The basis of spirituality, the basis of Christianity, the basis of being a Buddhist, a Mormon, a Catholic, a Muslim, they're all based on the same thing. I still believe in God. I still pray. My prayer is a little bit different. It has a little bit of different flair but I still believe in God in the basis of who he is what he expects I do believe in um heaven and hell I do like there are things that I definitely believe in I just do not believe in Christianity as a I don't want to say as a whole there are things in Christianity that I believe but I don't believe in Gosh, I don't know how to word it. There's things in Christianity that I feel like aren't true. There's um, certain things that I feel like 
it was forced on us. A lot of Christianity, a lot of these different religions all come from the same thing, but they just, how they are pushed, how they were brought to us, that's the difference in it. We all believe, at the end of the day, I think we all believe in somewhat the same thing, unless you're an atheist. But witches, um, spiritual women, um, Christians, I think we all believe in the same thing. The difference, again, with the accountability is you're doing that as a congregation, as a group. And with spirituality, I'm self-reflecting and doing it on my own. So when your congregation and your church has everyone together and you're up there preaching and you're up there guiding them, like I'm, I don't want to sound, I don't know, harsh when I say this, like I'm my own guy. I don't, I draw my spirit from God, from my ancestors. I'm not in church um, I'm not listening to the teachings of my preacher. And I think that it's different because preachers perceive things differently, how you perceive it. So I'm able to have my own connection, how I feel based on what I'm going through. Another thing with um, religion period is when you're preaching to someone, I feel like you're preaching from your experience or what the spirit tells you, but I may not be going through that same thing, or I may not have that same feeling or that same ideology. Like um, when I was in school, um, this girl, she was white and she had said, well, interracial, like interracial dating is wrong. And my pastor told me so. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, well, my preacher got up in front of the church and said that, you know, you should be equally yoked, meaning that white people should date white people and black people should date black people. That's what she said. And I believe her pastor did say that. Do I believe that's what equally yoked means? Hell no. But her pastor told her that and that's what she took from it or that's what the congregation took from it based off of what he felt. And I don't think that, I also think that we were, I think we got a bad deal when it came to Christianity. I really do. I think we got a bad shake of it because not everybody, just like everybody's not called to be spiritual, everyone's not called to be past pastors or pass down these messages. Not everybody gets those messages from God or their ancestors. I think sometimes people just be up there, you know, faking and fronting and so that has turned a lot of us away from christianity into our own spirituality and our own movement because we feel like i'm gonna be honest with myself or i'd rather you know go on this walk alone than to go following someone that isn't really anointed or isn't really given that gift from god and it's the same thing in the spiritual realm like there's trust me there's a lot of fake um fake ass spiritual beings popping up i'm in these groups and it's a whole bunch of women who are telling you they can read your tarot they can talk to your ancestors and they just be in there lying they little asses off so it's the same thing in spirituality i just think that within being spiritual my soul felt free and i felt like i belonged as opposed to being a christian
or anything else that I was. So, and it might blow back on me uh, for saying that, what's the difference in, in a preacher pointing out, hey, XYZ, XYZ, and your girlfriend calling you, telling you, hey, have you seen Rob's Snapchat story? <laughs> so I don't think, I don't think pastors are wrong for holding their congregation um, accountable. I don't think that pastors are wrong for doing that. It's who the message comes from and how it comes. Because a lot of times when I was sitting in church, I didn't feel my soul being fed. Now, there were times that I went to church and I was like, dang, like this man, like this message was meant for me or this like he's speaking to me, but a lot, a lot of times my soul wasn't being fed. I felt like I was just being patronized. So it's not so much as the preachings and the teachings as much as it is the person that's given it to you. I'd rather draw straight from, you know, the source myself than to go through a third party and that third party not be who they're, who they're portraying to be, if that makes sense. I guess. I mean, I'm learning. I'm listening. So <laughs> we're missing the BET Awards. Cardi B just popped out. She's pregnant. Oh, like congr full pregnant. Congratulations, so, Cardi B. That's what the Twitter sphere is talking. So, all right, we're in the perspective like this every single time uh, that I have a guest. Um, there was one thing, one piece of information, one piece of knowledge that you would leave with the world, that you would share that. Um, we could play back years to come at, at your home going many, many years from now. If there was one piece of knowledge you wanted to leave with people, what would it be? Ooh, oh my gosh. Um, I think to love yourself um, in whatever way you need to love yourself. Make sure you are feeding yourself by that. I mean, your soul your energy um don't try to pour from an empty cup make sure you're taking care of yourself before you can take care of anyone else that's right yeah well i thank you for giving me so much of your time this was fun um thank you for having me i really enjoyed i've so, been on this podcast <laughs> well you've been on you're on you're part of the rostrum now this has been another episode of the perspective until next week, I love you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Peace.